Psalms 42, we're going to read the whole chapter. Then we're going to go right into Psalms 43. We're going to read that whole chapter. And here's my prayer and my request. Dusty alluded to it in his prayer. May we be attentive to his word. You hear me say quite often, put yourself in the verses. In, in the midst of all that the psalmist is going to say, consider what he's saying. Put yourself in there. Because I've got a feeling that we have all been there from time to time. And just let the Word of God speak. I mean, if I would do nothing more than just read these two chapters this morning, it should be sufficient to satisfy our soul. So let's read Psalms 42, Psalms 43. I'll be reading from the New King James Version this morning. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, You see, while my tears continually say to me, where is your God? You been there? He goes on, verse 4, When I remember these things, I I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim's feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of the Hermon, from the hills of Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, His song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For you are the God of my strength. Why do you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God. To God my exceeding joy. And on the harp I will praise you, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Let's pray once again. Fathers, we come before You. Word of God, speak. And O Lord, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And who we are not make us. For Christ's name and in His sake I pray. Amen. Now the book of Psalms is a glorious book for the child of God. Within its pages, we have Psalms of Thanksgiving. We have Psalms of Praise. We have many Psalms just brimming with confidence and trust in Almighty God. And then... We have others that are psalms of lament. Psalms that deal with sorrow and pain. Psalms that cry out saying, My God, my God, 
Why have you cast me out? Why have you forsaken me? And it seems that's where David is here. Many believe this is David that has written these two Psalms. And, and perhaps um, because of the wording in it, some of them thinks it was perhaps during Absalom's rebellion or, or during the time of persecution from Saul. Uh, well, we don't know for sure, but it seems this very well could be David writing. And David's crying out, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in the state of anxiety and depression? Why have you lost your hope? And perhaps this was some of you at some point during this past week even. As I know I've been there, and I'm sure you have too, to that point where maybe you're crying out to God, God, I'm hurting. God, I'm praying, and it seems as though you're not listening, God. God, help my family. God, help my country. God, help me. And the words that kept ringing in my ears all this week and has brought us to this sermon is that Psalms 43, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Those little words, hope in God. Uh, see, we, we get to read, as we read through that, did, did you sense a spiritual battle that was going on in the mind of David? Because listen to these opposing statements. My soul is cast down. My tears have been my food day and night. Why have you forgotten me? Why have you cast me off? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? And then David says, hope in God. The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and in the night His song shall be with me. For I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance in God. For you are the God of my strength, God my exceeding joy. Do you see the... Opposing thoughts that are there? Do you, do you sense the, the spiritual battle that's going on? I pray you do because, hey, we'll face it if you haven't, and I'm pretty sure everybody in here has. And today I want us to be reminded of the hope that every born again child of God should have. <laughs> A hope that is sure, a hope that is secure. Hope in God, David says. But what is hope? What is hope? Well, what is biblical hope? See, there's a difference between the hope that the world has and biblical hope. See, the world's definition of hope is different. In, in today's language, when you hear that word hope, it's usually interchangeable with the word wish. When most people use the word hope, they're usually referring to a desire that they would like to have happen in the future, but are not sure will come to pass. They're just wishing. They're just hoping. They're hoping that it will come to pass. <laughs> you hear it every day, probably. You know, right there now, there are thousands of people across this nation and around the world that even right now are getting ready to sit down and watch a baseball game. And they're wishing and hoping early in this season that their team is going to make it all the way to the World Series and win. Oh, they're, they're hoping. They're wishing for that. And, and, and perhaps we find ourselves on that verge of hope and wish. Well, I hope I get this job. I hope I get that job. Well, I hope I can get that particular car. Oh, well, I hope I can get a girlfriend like that or a boyfriend like that. I hope, I hope, I hope. Now, Barb and I grew up pretty much in the 60s. We were both born in the 50s, but uh, 60s we hit our pre-teens and in our teens. And, and there was a Dusty Springfield song that I still remember and some of you older ones may, just wishing and hoping and thinking and praying. And it was talking about 
for a boy. But so much of the world is just that way. Wishing and hoping and thinking and praying. But, but there's no this. There's no Lord there to go to. But Because you see, when Scripture speaks of hope, now listen, it is not referring to a wish or desire for a future outcome that is uncertain. Rather, it speaks of a future outcome that is absolutely sure and solid rock. A promise that will come to pass. You see the vast difference. One is just a wish and a prayer and a hope. But the other is steadfast and sure. See, this solid rock hope is based on the faithfulness of God's Word. When God gives His people a promise for the future, that hope is said to be the anchor of the soul. We read it this morning. We sang it this morning. Let's read it again in Hebrews 6, verses 17 through 20. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. <laughs> Child of God, what is this hope? Or, or who, who is this hope? Well, it tells us it's the one who went behind the veil. It's Christ who is now seated at the Father's right hand, interceding prayers for us. See, this hope is given to us as a promise God made to Abraham, and we preached about this a few weeks ago in Romans, and it is also an oath given to us, handed down through us. That is handed to us, the redeemed, the seed of Abraham, the children of Abraham in a spiritual sense. It is a promise given by God, and God keeps His promises. He cannot lie. Psalms 130, 1-5 Out of the depths I have cried to you, O God. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in His Word, I do hope. And in His Word, I do hope. Isn't that pretty plain? The child of God, where do we find the anchor for our soul? And where do we have the promises? It's in His Word. Out of the depths. You know, it was mentioned, you know, talking about storms of life. <laughs> you've, you've probably been there. I have. Storms crashing all around. You're starting to doubt if you're even going to survive. David said there in verse 7, 42, deep calls and unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls all your waves and billows have gone over me can you identify with that my soul is cast down deep deep into the abyss waves and billows pound at my soul and in verse 8 the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and in the night his song shall be with me a prayer to the God of my life you see, David kept reminding himself, as we should, to remember the loving kindness of God. And may we as believers learn to praise Him even in the storms of life. And we always say, we sang it this morning, it is well. At all times, it is well. Now look at Psalms 107, verses 25 through 30. For He, for the Lord, 
commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. Now let me pause there for a minute. Is there anything that ever happens to us on this earth that doesn't first go through the providential hand of God? I'll remind you of the story of Job. Satan could only do so much, could he? God the Father had a leash on him. He is God's devil. And he can only do what God will allow. So anything that crosses our path, God is allowed. Even if it's, He lets us go after our own and fall into sin. God didn't cause that, but He allowed it. So, for He commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Let me pause there for a minute. I, I don't know if that's an old time saying. I don't know if anybody even says something like that anymore, but I've said it. And I'm at my wit's end. Let me ask this. Why would I ever say that? Jesse told us. The only reason I would say that is because for a moment I have taken my eyes off of the Lord and have placed them firmly on the circumstance of life that I'm facing. That's the only reason I would ever come to the point of going, I'm at my wit's end. See, we focused on the problem instead of the true problem solver. See, we became so focused on our circumstance of life that we for a moment forgot the God of our strength. Why would I ever do that? Why would you ever do that, child of God? Because perhaps during those moments we are looking for hope in all the wrong places. What are we running to? May we always cry out to God and keep crying out to Him for He is our only hope in time of trouble. Now verse 28. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and He brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So He commands them to their desired haven. Now, know this. The storm will stop at His command. And His command will come at His time. And always remember that. But never lose hope that at some point the storm is going to stop. And I'll even go on a little bit more and say this. Even if it doesn't stop on this side of glory, it will surely stop when we are there. See, in some form or fashion, it will stop. See, should we find ourselves in the midst of a storm, let us remember who commands the storm. Hebrews 6, 19 and 20. Read it again. Remember who our anchor is. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered with us, even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. See, there's the an old hymn, Haven of Rest. Some of you may know it. And, and the course, but let's put the course of it up. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep 
O'er the wild stormy deep In Jesus I'm safe evermore See, for the child of God, He is our haven of rest. Uh, you know, we read that just a little bit ago. So He guides them to their desired haven. Haven of rest. He is our rock. He is our shelter. He is our refuge. And in times of trouble, remember the truths of God's Word. For He is a God who cannot lie. Every promise is true. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ. In times of trouble, may we lift up our eyes and look to the Lord who is my rock and fortress. Psalms 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hill. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. <laughs> what, what better helper? What better helper than the one who is creator of all things? Who made us? Who has drawn us to himself. What, what a better helper. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Child of God, remember that He will preserve you. Did you get that? He will preserve you. We are being kept by the power of God. Let's go read that again. I know we read it quite often from 1 Peter. Let's go read verses 3 through 9. 1 Peter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Let me pause there for a minute. This, this is written by inspiration from God Himself, and God is a God who cannot lie. Do you believe the Word of God, you see? It does not fade away. This is reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, and I know often I pause there, I'm going to do it again today, who determines the if need be? It's not us, it's God. It's God. He's the one that determines any trials that will come to us that He allows. And He alone is the one who will determine the endurance, how long it will stay. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, even if it lasts the rest of our lifetime, it's a little while compared to eternity. Amen? In this you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. God has a reason that He allows trials in our life. That, not that He might know. He knows. But that we might know that our salvation is true. That we might know that the genuineness of our faith may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see Him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Yet believing. See, in believing, we can rejoice with joy unspeakable. With joy inexpressible. When we believe God. When we believe God. And there's the question again. 
Do you believe? Because here's a fact. Without the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you have no help when the storm comes except that which the world will supply. And so often that is of no help at all, but will only take you deeper into despair. I want you to understand that. And I pray that all may come to a saving and keeping knowledge of Jesus Christ. That all might experience the miracle of grace and the salvation of their souls. That that God would shine light into darkness and reveal sin and reveal His holiness and righteousness. And that God would draw the sinner close to Himself, granting repentance and saving faith. So I'm going to ask it again, do you believe? You believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus died on the cross to pay in full the penalty for sin for all who would believe. That Jesus died on the cross and in three days He rose again. And that we have a living hope that when we die, we too will be raised unto eternal life with Jesus Christ. Because you either believe under eternal life with Christ, or you remain in your unbelief and the wrath of God abides on you. That is John 3, 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Everlasting life to the believer, the wrath of God for the unbeliever. It's very plain and it's very clear. Blessed are those who have believed. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10 verses 9 through 13 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And again, saved from what? Saved from the wrath of God. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 5.24 Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Two more verses. John six forty. And this is the will of him who sent me that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up at the last day. And if you drop down to verse 47, Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in Me has everlasting life. See, I pray that you have seen the Son high and lifted up. And I pray that that all might call upon Him in faith. Repenting and receiving Jesus as Lord, do you believe? But for us who have believed, how do we respond in the midst of a storm? How do we respond? How do I respond? See, there's the test. I can remember some teachers in school, if you took a test, you failed the test, they would give you a makeup. They would give you a do-over to let you try again. Do you think God does such things? When the test comes and, and instead of turning to Him and looking to Him and trusting Him, you, you turn to the world, you turn to everything else except for Him. And it seems you fail the test. Now, I'm pretty sure this is me, that He will give you a redo until you learn the information. Seems reasonable. 
And again, that, that's just me. That's just me. How do I respond? How do you respond when they're in the midst of the storm? How about responding like Habakkuk? Let's go read those verses again. Habakkuk three seventeen through 19. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. There's your example. There's my example. How to respond when when things are just falling apart. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and He will make me walk on my high hills. See, we trust in God. Never lose sight of Him and trust Him and trust His words. Trust His promises and wait. We we sang that song this morning. Let's look at Isaiah 40. Let's be reminded of what Isaiah said in verses 28 through 31. Why do we wait on Him? Why do we look to Him even in the midst of a storm? Verse 28, For have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Power to the weak. And it's when we recognize our weakness that then He can become strong in our life, right? If we think we're all tough and strong and we're going to do it by ourselves, That's not who it says He comes to. He gives power to the weak. Those who have humbled themselves before His mighty hand. You you understand that? He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. All those that think they can make it on their own. They're just falling all around. But you have set your eyes on the Lord. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, that's a child of God. If we stumble, if we fall, it's because for a moment we have succumbed to some kind of temptation. Those who wait upon the Lord will be renewed. They will be strengthened from on high. And may we humble ourselves before Him and wait. In due time, He will lift us up. Uh, That's 1 Peter, uh, 5th chapter, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Keep trusting. Keep trusting, keep trusting. Humble ourselves in the presence of God. Come into His presence. For in His presence is fullness of joy. Joy. Psalm 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The chorus of that one song we sing from time to time. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended. In the presence of the King. Just put the first verse up. I don't want to sing it, but let's just put it up. In and out of situations, that tug of war with me. Don't you think David was in a tug of war? Are you ever in that tug of war spiritually? All day long I struggle for the answers that I need. Oh, but then, but then, oh, where do I go? Who is my rock? Who is my hope? Where should I turn to? But then I come into your presence and all my questions become clear. And for the sacred moment, no doubt can interfere. That's a great lyric, isn't it? In the presence 
of Him. Psalms 42, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And I know I've said this many, many times, but I'm going to say it again. We need to preach to ourselves. We need to preach to ourselves. We all need to become a preacher if to nobody else so that we can preach to ourselves. Because that's what David's doing here. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why, Why are you disquieted? Come on, soul. Come on, soul. God is still God. I will yet praise Him. I will yet praise Him. See, may we remember the loving kindness of our God. May we remember that He has promised in His Word that He will never leave us nor forsake us. May we lift up our eyes to the Lord and say, I shall yet praise you. And I understand that that some who may listen to this sermon or some even right now in this hearing here may say to me, but preacher, you do not Understand, you don't know what I'm going through. I've heard people tell me that. And they're right. I don't. I don't. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're about to go through. But this I know. I know that God's words, what God's words say. And I know that God is a God who cannot lie. And I know that God is in control. See, in times of trouble and distress, we must come back to the anchor of our soul that we may find rest and hope. My hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. See, may we cry out to God in our distress, Lord, though I may not understand why I'm in this storm or trial, You do. May we never let go of His great and precious promises, His word of truth, They would trust Him. They would trust Him. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him. How I've proved Him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Trust Him, trust Him. He has never failed. You cannot tell me of one time in your life where He has failed you. Not once. How I've proved Him o'er and o'er. Psalms 43, verses 3 through 5. Let's read it again. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. On the harp I will praise you, my God. Oh God, my God, why are you cast down on my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. Oh Lord, send your light. Send your truth. Lord, lead me. Where else can we turn? Well, We can turn a multitude of things, but where else should we turn, child of God, but to Him? Hope in God. Remember Him. When we find ourselves in that state of despair, may we preach to ourselves. (laughs) When the enemy is crying out to us saying, where is your God? Don't listen to the lies, but listen to the voice of truth. I like that lyric, but the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth says, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, I will choose to listen and believe. The voice of truth. Are there other voices calling out to us? Yes. Calling us to various temptations. The, the, the devil's been keeping record of you. He knows your weaknesses. Don't think he doesn't. And he's going to always attack, well, maybe not always, but most of the time attack at the point of weakness. And so may we stand that trial. 
And may we learn that lesson. And may, may we set a watch on that portion of the wall of our heart to be attentive to that weakness. And have scriptures, those, those battle verses that, that would combat those temptations when they come. So, so what do we do with those thoughts that come to our mind that is calling us to sin? How often have we said we take those thoughts captive? It's 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, that's us in this body. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, and this is talking to the children of God, for the weapons of our warfare are not, car- are not carnal, but mighty in God for, the pulling, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Do you understand that? When, when the devil comes, and he's got his lies, and he's got his lies, and he's got these lies, and, and all these high things that's trying to exalt itself above so that you will hear it more than and above the knowledge of God. What do we do? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You take the thought, you combat it with the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith. We are not helpless. We should be most hopeful. Preach to ourselves the voice of truth. Don't listen to the lies. I've read this before, but I think it's been a couple years ago. I want to read it again. This was Martin Lloyd-Jones. And Martin Lloyd-Jones, quote, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking? To yourself. Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they are talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday. They are calling you to worry and anxiety. Somebody is talking. Who is talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Now this man's treatment, and this is talking of Psalms 42, was this. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Let me read that again. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Why, are you, why art thou cast down, O my soul, he asks. My soul has been... De- His soul has been depressing him, crushing him, so he stands up and says, Self, listen for a moment. I want to speak to you. End quote. And then, speak the Word of God to ourselves. That's that's why we commit memory verses. So that we, we don't... Necessarily have to go run, pick up the Bible, but we have those verses memorized and stored in our minds to bring up at a moment's notice so that we may talk to ourselves. Hmm. How about this for a portion of Scripture to read? The next time you may find yourselves as, as David and you're, you're feeling down and the temptations are coming to whatever it may be, worry, fear, anxiety, whatever it is, well, well, talk to yourself and read these verses from Romans 8, verses 31 through 39, and, and, then, and then say, okay, so what are you going to do about this now? This is for the child of God. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all... Sh- how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress 
or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. It is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. (laughs) Yet in all these things, famine, persecution, distress, peril, you name it. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. May I preach that to myself. May you preach it to yourself. If God is for me, who can be against me? God will never leave me nor forsake me. He is my refuge, my fortress, my deliverer. Let's just read a few more verses this morning. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. See, this is to the born again. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Overcome what? Overcome all the the false prophets and all the false teaching and all the lies and all the garbage that was out there. You have overcome them because you have the word of truth. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So that's our Holy Spirit that only comes to the believer so there's a power there that's greater than any power on the face of this planet. Psalm 73, verse 26. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. <laughs> John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And we know we read it, and we are in Christ. We are more than conquerors. (laughs) Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8, you know this. Blessed be the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. And I believe that's good fruit. I hope it's good fruit. Isaiah 41, verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand saying to you, fear not, I will help you. There's a great promise, isn't it? For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Psalm 63, 1 through 5. O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you, My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Child of God, may we find rest and hope in the Word of God. And may we be continually renewed by the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's Word. May we look to Him. May we wait upon Him. And may we trust Him while we're waiting. Psalm 62, verses 5-8 through My soul waits silently for God alone, 
for my expectation is from Him. Let me pause there. Isn't that a great line? There's a, there's a challenge for you. What's your expectation? And what's your expectation rooted in? Something of this world? Something of your own doing? Well, may all of our expectations be rooted in the truth of God and the truth of His Word. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. And just to read one more time, Psalms 130, 1-5. Out of the depths I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in His Word I do hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give You thanks for Your Word. And I pray that that in the hearts and minds of if anyone who will listen or who have listened, you have done the work that I can't do, that only you can do, that you have spoken. And each individual has received from you. So Lord, help us to continue the as children of God, help us to continue to trust You at all times. In the storm or in the calm. On the mountaintop or in the valley. Lord, may we be steadfast and sure in our trust for You because we know Your promises are steadfast and sure. And Father, again, should there be one who is yet lost, I pray that You would draw them close to Yourself. I pray that You would shine light. I pray that You would show them Your holiness and Your righteousness. And, and in light of seeing that, they, their sin would be revealed. And Lord, they would have no other recourse than to fall on their face before You. And Father, grant them faith to believe. Grant them repentance that they may repent of their sins and turn and follow You receiving Christ as Lord. So Father, do a miracle of grace and mercy. And help us all, Lord, to live a life that would be well-pleasing to You and that would be a testimony of Your great love. Go with us now as we prepare to leave this place. Give us wisdom. Give us discernment. Help us to remember to turn to You at all times. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.